Coming up tonight, Monday Night Football, the New York Giants taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, the struggling Kansas City Chiefs. See if they can get right at uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Derek Hansen with you. This is The Drive. Thanks so much for being with us. In a couple minutes, Chad Hartman scheduled to join us from WCCO Radio. Get his thoughts on what's going on in the world. And I'm sure that uh, he has a couple of things to say. He's the, obviously the son of the uh, late, great Sid Hartman, who passed away a year ago. It's hard to believe. It's, uh, Sunday mornings are still so different without him. But uh, uh, it's been a year already since we lost the great Sid Hartman. So we'll chat with him about the big election coming up tomorrow. A lot of... Uh, you know, people voting already when it comes to that. They do have the early voting, obviously, down in Hennepin County. So we'll get to get his thoughts and everything that's uh, taking place with him. Chad's on uh, each and every day from noon until 3 o'clock over there. And uh, I, I think for a lot of people, it's it's going to be one of these things with everything that took place uh, last year that people will be looking at. What is, you know, could things change I, I obviously the world was looking at the city of Minneapolis and really has been for over a year now or coming up on, you know, probably a year and a half the way that looks. So we'll get the thoughts on that. Also the uh, mayoral race. So uh, Chad Hartman is indeed with us. Chad, my friend, how you been? Long time. No talk. Yeah, Derek. How about yourself? I, I'm doing well. Uh, it's, you know, with, I'm not a big winter fan, so I'm trying to deal with it and try not to be too yeah. crabby with everything, even though it's colder. So Someday I hope to be a snowbird, but uh, I guess that's the life of living here in, you know, the upper Midwest. That is correct. I just walked outside in my driveway, and it's lightly snowing. Mm, wow. uh, I am not a winter person either, Derek. No. Uh, although, at least down here, going to be near 60. Wow. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So Maybe I should make the trip down there just to do something. And the Vikings, Come on down. Yeah, the Vikings are out of town, so I won't have to bother myself going to that after that fiasco last night. Oh, my heavens. You know, you know I, I remember you once, once saying that you never really just got into the Vikings when you were a youngster. And being the son of Sid Hartman, that's pretty amazing. But congratulations to you for that. <laughs> well, uh, I've said this many, many times. My number one media influence is now my father. I love him dearly. I miss him, but Patrick Grace. Patrick <laughs> taught me very early to be a cynical, smart Alex, and outside of my 16 years with the Wolves, I just watch looking for the story. I do. And so last night gave gave plenty of storylines, including ineptitude. And, you know, my big point, Derek, today was where are they going? You yeah. know, where are they going? Zimmer's definitely competent. Spielman, competent. Although, you know, we got to look at another number one draft choice. At what point do we say Garrett Bradbury isn't even close to living up to a number one draft choice? But where are they really going? They, they, they spent a lot of money in the offseason. They're a veteran team. This year is not, in my view, is not a success just to make the playoffs. Nope. This year was only a success if they made the playoffs, won a game, and you felt like they really were headed somewhere. And, and to do what they did offensively last night against the 28th-ranked passing defense in the league, when you have Jefferson, when you have Thielen, when you have Osborne, when you have Delvin out of the backfield, when, God love him, but C.J. Ham became their main passing threat in the second half. Oh, Something just... is fundamentally wrong. <laughs> Excuse me. They're just treading water. Well, When you're treading water, 
that's the worst spot to be in. Well, and I didn't call you to talk about the Vikings, but it's hard not to on a Monday after a night like. Yeah. But but here's the deal, and what it is, what it comes down to, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach ever because he taught everyone in a copycat league. No one else can figure it out. I'm going to go exploit the other team's weaknesses, right? And you know that yep. about the Dallas defense. You have Justin Jefferson. I love Delvin Cook, but he's your best offensive player, and it's not close. He has to touch the ball more than twice. He only had two catches. It's ridiculous. It's obvious. It's inexcusable, and the real offense coordinator for the Vikings is Mike Zimmer. Yep. We just got to be honest about it. Zimmer from North Turner all the way through Clint Kubiak sets that's the tempo, and, and Sim runs his offense like it's the 1970s. You know, <laughs> and you got to spread the field, you got to throw it. And I think last night also was the first game in a while, and and I know we want to get back to Minneapolis, and I will, where it was the the ghost scene, Kirk Cousins, yep. and O'Neill's obviously a very good right tackle, and Darisaw wasn't as good last night as he was the week before, but I still think he's gonna be pretty good. The interior offensive line is atrocious. And that's when he gets jittery. And his average passes past the line of scrimmage were right around five yards. And you cannot win that way, especially when you have the weapons he has. So it was a it was a disastrous loss, yeah. right? And no, then the no defense doubt. was, I thought, I think this defense has been overrated this entire year myself. And now you lose your most essential player for the year. They're uh they're in trouble. They're not. They're not going to the playoffs. And if they did, they'd be one and out. And they're just spinning their wheels. It's, yep. it's, it's time to shake people's hands, in my opinion, and say, "We've enjoyed it. You're both good individuals, but it's time to shake it up." Will Ziggy do that? I don't know. He's too busy texting with his index finger. So we'll see all that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I saw that video. How old did he look there? <laughs> Huh. It was pretty rough. Chad Hartman with us from WCCO Radio and catch him noon until three. Well, tomorrow, a big day, a historic day in Minneapolis, although a lot of people think that uh, the, the, <laughs> that the vote will actually go. No, that's the prognostication. What, what's your take on it? What's really the mood uh, down there? Is it tense or, or is it just kind of we're going to get through this election here? It kind of depends, Derek, if you're paying attention, you should. Minneapolis is the economic engine of the state. It should matter. I have lived in Minneapolis uh, for years and years. I work in downtown Minneapolis right now. I have always pushed back when people from the suburbs or greater Minnesota or nearby Minnesota would say, ah, downtown isn't safe. I'm not coming down there. And I'd scoff. You know what? Parts of downtown Minneapolis are not safe right now. And it's sad. And it's an indictment on a lot of things. And it's a long, long conversation. But what will not make it better is removing more police officers. I go back to Madera Arredondo a couple years ago when he looked at mayor after mayor, how they had fallen behind adding police officers, Derek. And he said to truly get us back to a place where we need to be, we need to add 400 more police officers. That's when they were at about 900. Okay. Now they're below 600. So they're 700 behind where Madari Arredondo thought they should be. And I understand there are plenty of my friends who don't look like me. They're individual color. And whether it's black, Latina, Latino, um, Asian, and at times we're treated differently. And it's an unjust society where that happens. 
And if it does and you find those officers, we need to find a better system to fire them. But we also have an overwhelming number of officers who are very good at what they do. And to vote for something where it says a police force, if necessary, if necessary, that's that's insulting to logic that a city of you name the city of any size, Fargo included, and say, well, we don't know if we need police officers. Obviously, you do. Now, are the systemic issues regarding greater opportunities, greater job, and this really hidden, horrible disparity that we have in Minneapolis and St. Paul about educational opportunities and job opportunities? Absolutely. But to eliminate or to dramatically alter the police force and then have the police force reporting to 14 people as opposed to a mayor? No, I uh, I passionately disagree. Yeah. I think you kind of, you and I, I think, uh, you know, we're kind of politically similar on a lot of things, maybe not everything. And I look at this one, I've always said, and I have a lot of family and friends in law enforcement. And like you said, I have a lot of uh, yeah, friends who, who don't look like me. And I understand the strife because what I've always said is that, you know, yeah. law enforcement people that I know, they don't know if they're going to go home with their family, the next person that they pull over, no matter really the race of the person. And I know a lot of yep. my friends who are minorities who are afraid the next time they get pulled over, they won't go home with their families. Until we understand and try to have a conversation about that in this country, instead of having votes like this, we're not going to get anywhere. And there's just such a lack of that right now on a lot of different things in America. Well, and, and I get the frustration from a lot of people who have lived in Minneapolis who feel like that they have been targeted and that and that they look at the data of pulled over and of tickets and of jail times. I understand that. This, this is data. This is science. I believe in data. And they feel like we've heard about change from every different mayor, every different police chief, every different city council. So until we dramatically alter it, it's not going to happen. But let's also add that Right now, it says dramatically alter it, and there's no method behind it. There's no plan behind it. Right now, Derek, it says a month afterwards, we have our new plan. What is that? And they have been limited a little bit. That You have to point that out, that the city council, by the charter, have been limited in, in laying out some plans. But I still believe there is a better way to do it where you report to a mayor, I believe that will be Jacob Fry. I'm not convinced, but I think the polling's fairly clear on that. And that you keep Madari Arredondo, and you set up a system. You have people out there who understand mental health. Mental health. You have people out there who live in the community. You put higher priorities on these areas. You find ways to work with the union. So when there are the rare, outrageous police officers, or by the way, if it's not that rare, you get rid of them. And you highlight that, and there's transparency but just to take it to we're going to completely start over and we don't have a method to it in a city that has, you know, 400 some thousand people and, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousand living right around it. No, I, I, I'm not for that. You mentioned uh, Jacob Fry. Can you help me with this a little bit? Because when you look at it, there's like it looks like there's 100 people running. I think there's what they do in the rank uh, type of uh, voting. How is this going to work out? I mean, I, I, it looks like there's almost like a divide and conquer type of thing going on. Well, you know, they've done ranked choice voting for a while. Um, I think it still confuses a fair amount of people. He has such a fundraising advantage. Um, he isn't 
widely popular in the city. There, there's no divide about it. There's no denying that. Jacob, uh, he was heavily criticized for what happened in the week of George Floyd and when George was murdered. And I was among them. I thought that there was no plan. I thought he was invisible. I was highly, highly critical. Um, he also has taken heat. So that's from the, the left. Then he's taking heat from the right, saying, why aren't you supporting the police more, even though he's a no on this? The problem is nobody really has emerged. Mm-hmm. No single candidate has emerged, unlike he he emerged last time against Betsy Hodges. So I believe he's going to win. Almost all the smart political people believe he's going to win. Listen, we've been surprised before, i.e. Donald Trump. So nothing is guaranteed. The question is, if it stays status quo, okay, if Jacob Fry starts his second term and if, if the vote is a no on on uh dramatically altering the police force, will it really notably change in his second term? Because that's what even some of the moderates, right, who are playing some role in this are saying, okay, I don't want to go as far as some of the further left candidates. I don't want to go as far as not eliminating the police, but really reimagining it in a, in a dramatic way. But what is going to be different? And they have another charter, which will make the mayor a little more powerful. The hope is that might help whomever the mayor is. I'm still a believer in Minneapolis, but Derek, if you're just honest right now, it's hard to be optimistic about Minneapolis in the present. The question is, can we alter it in the near and a little bit further into the future? Yeah. And it's funny. I had quite a few friends who went to the game last night and they said how things don't look all that much different, but yeah, as you can imagine, you know, a lot of people from outstate, we love to go down there. We like to go to the Twins yep. games and Vikings fans. And I think for a lot of what they see, they're a little nervous. Is there much to be nervous about? Is it all that much different, let's say, 2019? I think things started uh, turning, actually, Derek. If you look at the data in 2019, last night when you got 55, 60,000, there's, there's nothing to be worried about. If the Twins have 30,000 people down there, there's nothing to worry about. The problem is, due to COVID, that, you know, it's still fairly empty. And then at night, you have parts of downtown. There are parts of downtown which four or five years ago I never would have considered uncertain, and it's creeping in those areas. If you go to North Loop, even tonight, on a Monday night, it's like nothing has happened. It's fine. It's bustling with activity. There are restaurants, there are bars, there are condos, there are businesses. But there are other parts of Minneapolis where crime has risen, where there are not as many police officers, and there are not as many people. And I take no joy in saying it, but that is just a fact from uh, from a few years ago. So they need people down there. They need more police down there. They need to try to help these individuals before they're involved in crime. And then also the ones who are just intent on crime. You need to find a system where when they go away, they're not released 15 minutes later. Yeah, very interesting. Chad, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate it. I've been thinking about you and your family a lot over this past year. We uh, Obviously, this uh, uh, looking back at the year since we lost your father, Sunday mornings haven't been the same here on KFGO for a year and a half. There's no question. as No doubt, as you know, your father's sit was a big part of what we did here. So we, we do. we've been thinking of you a lot here in the upper Midwest here. That's very kind, and and to anybody who shares that sentiment, I, the last you know thirteen months or so, it has been overwhelming the amount of people have reached out to me and my entire family. So, 
um, my most sincere thank you to anybody who had those thoughts, in particular to you, Derek. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chad. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. All right, man. You bet. Done deal. You bet. Chad Hartman, again, he hosts a talk show on WCCO Radio on the Twin Cities, noon until 3. Uh, any thoughts of what he had to say? Certainly would enjoy that here. Two three seven five nine four eight. No doubt his father was a big part of uh, KFGO for a long time with the sports huddle. That is for sure. Uh, fun to hear from what he had to say on the politics and so many different things, including the Vikings. And, uh, you know, he's the longtime voice of the Timberwolves, too. I caught a little bit of that on Saturday night. D'Angelo Russell, he can be as uh, frustrating as some quarterbacks out there making some bad choices, interceptions. Man, he drives me crazy sometimes. We'll chat about that. We got sports coming up in the Drive Time News Hour as well. Derek Hansen with you here on The Drive. City.